SEJ Summit 2016 is coming to Santa Monica, Chicago, and New York City. With a focus on actionable marketing for SEOs by SEOs, SEJ Summit is a can't-miss event. Get $50 off your ticket now by using the code SEJNERD. Learn more at searchenginejournal.com slash SEJSummit2016. We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where... Where can I hook up my mom? Digital pen part of work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hello, welcome to another episode of Marketing Nerds. My name is Danielle Antos. I'm the features editor here at Search Engine Journal, and I'm here today with Erica McGilbray. She is the senior community manager at Moz, and she's joining me today to talk a little bit about community, which is pretty interesting. Um, it's definitely something we've tried to do at Search Engine Journal to build that community. Um, so yeah, what kind of benefits come, I guess, is the best part to start that come from building like a really, really strong community around your brand? So a lot of community is, of course, going to be about brand building. It's going to be about creating loyalty around your brand. Um, And the stronger your community is, the more that your brand is going to be supported during the good times and the bad times. So I should always say you should never, don't ever build a, build a, try to, or I should say attempt to build a community around a product or even really around a brand. Um, community is going to always galvanize over, it's going to be the needs of your customers or the people who are interested in what you're doing. Um, so like at Moz, obviously we work with SEOs and other online marketers. So our community Mm -hmm. is about helping them with their problems, doing their SEO and their online marketing. Right. So you can't, you know, if we were like, tell us how much you love our software, like, no one wants to do that. That would totally work. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that would work. I think that's how it works. <laughs> I feel you. So you're looking for like a need to fill, which is what you should be doing at any point with a brand, right? Yeah. I mean, even your product should be doing that. Exactly. Um, so how does the community work? You say that you guys are helping, but if you could talk, um, helping SEOs kind of solve their problems, could you talk a little bit more about the community that you guys have built around Moz and what that looks like? Totally. Um, so our community really started out with our blog. Um, so way back in like, I think it was 2004, Rand Fishkin, our Mm -hmm. founder, he started just blogging about this SEO thing he was learning. (laughs) And, you know, it was very much the wild, wild west, the very early days of Google and all, you know, when people actually cared about Yahoo, things like that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the thing thing about community is that people were really, really excited that he was doing this because they were figuring it out too. And people Mm -hmm. that we think of, you know, now as industry veterans, they were also figuring this out for the first time. And so, you know, they were coming in and being like, well, I'm seeing this with my client and I'm trying this over here on, you know, this website. And in order to really create a dynamic community, you have to have both the people who are like excited and love it, but you also kind of have to the people that are upset people, you know, that you're actually making an emotional impact means you're going to have some negative emotions. So you want haters is what you're yeah, saying. You, you do. <laughs> I mean, to some extent, right. Um, 
But there were, you know, so there were people early on that were very, very upset that Rand was actually blogging about this because it was on the internet for free and anyone could learn it. And a lot of people were making money training people in like private seminars Mm -hmm. about how to do SEO. And it was a very lucrative business. And they were very upset, you know, that he was disrupting this model for them or that, you know, the search engines were going to figure out that they, you know, the SEOs had figured it out and then they were going to change it and make it harder, which is what they do all the time. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think that that had anything to do with Rand giving away the secrets though. (laughs) Probably not. They just wanted better algorithms. Um, So our community really grew out of there. Um, We always had a very much a focus on education and education for free. Like anyone can come to our blog. Mm -hmm. Anyone can read our blog. Anyone can, you know, go to our beginner's guide. You don't, it's not, you know, behind some sort of paywall. It's not behind a lead generation form. And then out of that, um, so at the time it was SEO Moz and we were doing consulting and we built this tool, which is now our link index known as Mozscape. (laughs) And we did it to, you know, to help our own clients. And then everyone's like, hmm, there's something, you know, about this link index. Maybe we could sell subscriptions to it, to other SEOs who are having the same problems. (laughs) And at some point, Moz made the business decision to stop doing consulting. But we still had all these people who came to us, you know, asking us, not just reading the articles on our blog, but we're like, Hey, I have this website and I'm having this problem. So, um, we, as part of our, um, search product said, okay, let's have a Q and a forum. And at first it started out as a private Q and a forum and people would still ask us questions. And it was part of their monthly subscription. And we would go in and be like, and we had a team of experts, um, who some of them worked on our team and some of them, um, don't, uh, but we paid them as contractors and we still have them. They're called associates. They're wonderful, amazing, lovely people who help us out all the time. And, uh, the private forum was unscalable. Right. <laughs> and there was, you know, you get to, and I, I was at Moz when we still, we were like deprecating the private forum and you would, you'd answer someone's question and things would be going along great. And then like 10 follow up questions later, you'd be like, mm, you should have probably paid me to consult you <laughs> like further. So we had right. to figure out, so, but we knew there was this need. So we said, how can we ultimately scale it? And by ultimately scaling it, we created our forum, which is public. You do have to have a subscription to our product, um, our search product in order to ask questions and answer questions. Um, this greatly helps making sure that we have the expertise in our forum and we don't get a bunch of spam. It helps like on our community manager and the moderation makes it so much easier. Um, and, but all the questions are out there. Uh, you know, the search engines index them and people come and read them. They drive lots of great SEO traffic to our website. People talk a lot about that in community. Like if you build a community forum, you'll get amazing SEO traffic. This is true. Um, but it's really great to see the community come and help each other. And people have made their names in our forum and they've gotten clients. They've gotten speaking gigs, writing gigs, um, new jobs. All, all like this sorts of things that when people are like, how do I build myself up as an expert and get a new job in the industry I'm in? And, you know, <laughs> if you're in online marketing, certainly people have used the Moz forums this way. 
Now, we don't just consider everyone who like comes to our site and comments on our blog or, you know, is in our Q&A forum as part of our community. We really think about it and the holistic, like anyone who has any touch point with us. So if you're tweeting at us and that's all you do, you're part of our community. We like we totally respect that. Like that's that's your process. That's where you where you interact with us. And we're going to, you know, treat you the same way as we would treat you if you were in our blog comments or right. in our Q&A forum. Um, and then we've uh, we do a whole bunch of in-person events now. Um, so we have our big conference. Yeah, we were kind of talking about that before we started recording. Um, so we do those, too. Actually, we do conferences. We're mm-hmm. not competitors, of course. They're, they're very different. But um one of the things that we've found is that it's a lot easier to bond with people when you see them in person because we're all behind keyboards, right? So it's really, it's, I mean, there's a lot of bonding that happens there, which can be surprisingly strong. Um, But the, the in-person events, it's a really good way to build a strong relationship stronger than you can over the internet. So what, what have you guys seen as far as that, the community building aspect of these live events? It's great. I love meeting people face to face, (laughs) putting that sort of, you know, the personality you meet on the internet to, to an actual, you know, live human being in front right. of you. Um, and it's, it's really great for getting to know people, um, you know, beyond the profession and finding the different ways that you connect with people and the things you have in common um, or, you know, st- not everyone, you know, feels comfortable like going into a public Q&A forum and being like, I'm having this struggle with my business. You know, they might not be able to, um, right. depending on where they work. Uh, so also being in person kind of gives you that extra, I don't layer of privacy, but layer of intimacy maybe is a better yeah, way to put it. Um, and it's really powerful, too, to be around people that, you know, you don't have to explain to anyone at MozCon what SEO is. Right. <laughs> No one asks. No one asks you if you work at Google unless you tell them you work at Google. <laughs> it's always the joke, right? Um, and it's it's super it's super amazing um, to also as a community manager to really feel that love in person because so much of what we do is online. Like people people in our community are amazing, and you know they send us like pictures of their kids in Moz shirts. Or, <laughs> That's cute. You know where they've taken their little Roger dolls and. <laughs> things like that, but it's really different when you can, you know, shake someone's hand or give someone a hug that you've only ever met online. Right. <laughs> you're like, wow, <laughs> like, let's hang out. Let's, you know, have a drink or have a meal together. Definitely. Well, actually, we're going to take a real quick break. And we started out talking with, um, with you about the education aspect. So I kind of want to go back to that when we come back. So just give us one second. We'll be right back, guys. SEJ Summit 2016 is coming to Santa Monica, Chicago, and New York City. With a focus on actionable marketing for SEOs by SEOs, SEJ Summit is a can't-miss event. Get $50 off your ticket now by using the code SEJNerd. Learn more at searchenginejournal.com slash SEJSummit2016. All right, and we're back. Once again, this is Danielle Antos. I'm the features editor here at Search Engine Journal, and I'm here with Erica from Moz. She's the senior community manager, and we're talking just about how brands can build communities. Um, some of the benefits of it is what we've talked about. We um, Earlier, we were talking about the education aspect, which one of the things she said was really important for Moz was providing that free educational aspect. And I think a lot of brands um, have the idea that 
giving, they're giving away their secrets. You kind of touched on that a little bit in the beginning too. So why am I going to show someone how to do this when I really want them to pay me to do it? So what, what kind of advice can you give our listeners about that? I would say most people need to worry less about that. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Because I mean, even if you're, so let's say you're in a construction business, right? Mm -hmm. And you put in flooring, that's like your thing. And you're worried if you put educational content about flooring, someone's just going to go to Home Depot themselves and buy flooring and install it. But the thing about it is, is that it builds your authority. If you become like the expert on flooring, people are are going to come to you because let me tell you, as someone who just bought a home, I think I can do (laughs) a lot of things in my house and I like watch a YouTube video and like, oh yeah, I can totally install some flooring. No problem. (laughs) I currently have a mess in my house because I tried to install some flooring. (laughs) (laughs) So this is from experience. Yes. (laughs) And it, you know, it doesn't work. Like eventually you call in an expert. Yeah. There's going to be some people that are going to read that and they're going to be able to install the flooring by themselves and they're not going to, you know, have a big mess and a big headache, but you are establishing yourself as an authority. So you know, Moz, we don't do consulting anymore. Um, and our software tools are very much, um, you know, you need some sort of expertise in the field to use them right. to get the, you know, proper information. But we do have people. Uh, so I mentioned the people in our Q&A forum who are making their name for themselves by answering these questions. I mean, they're answering the questions of the questions that they would answer for their clients. Right. So they are giving away their knowledge. But they're, they're showing this sort of in-depth nature. So, you know, if someone comes in and say they have like a penguin penalty or something, and one of our community members comes in, who's a huge expert in how to get rid of those bad links (laughs) and they give a really good answer. And the person, you know, the first time may be like, yeah, I'm going to go try this disavow thing or whatever (laughs) myself. And then they do it and they're like, Oh no, this is a lot of work. And they're like, who was that expert that said this? Um, so I think that a lot of people and their brands really need to think about it that way. Like if I'm helping people, yeah, I'm going to give them some answers, but they're going to continue to come to me for that expertise. And when they really need someone to help them, they will come and they will ask me to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's, it's a, there's a twofold benefit to giving away your knowledge for free. So first of all, like you said, you're establishing yourself as an expert. So sure, person one comes in and goes, oh, thanks so much for showing me how to put in my floors. I'm going to go put in my floors. But then when their friend is like, I love your floors. I really want to get floors like this. They're not going to do their floors. They're going to say, yeah, I learned how to do it here. And then that person is going to go there and maybe go, that looks really complicated. I don't want to do that. You want to come do that for me? You know, and hire the person. So I think sometimes actually making giving those super in-depth answers actually drives people to want to hire you more because they see how much work goes into it and they don't want to do it. So there's the expert. You're establishing yourself as the expert. That's the one benefit. I said there was two. That's why I'm going back to this. And the second one I think is showing people how much work is required, which shows the value of what you, the service that you provide. Definitely. People really want to know all all the things about whatever 
if you're providing a service or if you're selling a product, I used to do a bunch of content copywriting Mm -hmm. and in e-commerce and, you know, it was B2C and we sold clothing and it was just like the more information we could give the customer, it was better. They wanted to know it was outdoor clothing. So they always wanted to know like, where do I take this clothes? Could I take it for this trip? Could I, you know, hike in this? Is it appropriate for the desert? Like the more information we could give them, it was always the better for their experience. Yeah, definitely. So what is, we've got a few minutes left. So what are some of your favorite communities outside of Moz that you think have done a really good job of building up a really great community around a brand or a product or whatever? So last November, I participated in National Novel Writing Month. Yes. NaNoWriMo. Um, They have done an amazing job over like 16 years building up their community and supporting anyone who has ever wanted to try to write a novel in a month. (laughs) Which you, you really need a community when you're, when, so I did it. And when you're in my book, can I read it? It is not available yet. <laughs> it is still being edited. Uh-huh. They need like a, like in the next two months, here's your program Very to cool. edit your novel. Uh, awesome. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you're in that sort of like depth hours of the night, when you're like, I need to go to bed, but I need to finish my word count. Like having a community of other people doing, struggling along with the same thing you are incredible. That's awesome. So. I think one of my favorite is actually built around a podcast. Um, it's called Being Boss. They have a Facebook group that I love. And it's it's really hard to get people together that aren't going to be jerks to each other, I guess. <laughs> Trying to keep my language clean for this podcast. Um, but this is a group of people who are trying to build like pretty much their dream job. Some of them are... Um, still working nine to fives and working on their side hustles. Some people have six-figure businesses. So it's a wide range of people. And I think it's last I checked, it was like 9,000 people. It's huge for as they do a great job moderating or they're just great people. I think they're just great people, honestly. Um, Hey, I just built this logo. What do you guys think? Uh, You know, I finally got the new wrapper for the handmade soaps that I make. What do you guys think? Should I do this or should I do that? And it's just really great. It's, It's hard to find those people in your regular life, your partners, spouses, kids, friends, they don't always get it if they're not doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just like, sure, pick one, whatever. Um, So I really enjoy that community. I think they've done a great job. And I think some aspect of building a community, I don't, I think it's just the people. I don't know that it's, there's a recipe always. I don't know what that recipe would be just to have people who are going to be kind to each other and be supportive to each other. And a shared, I mean, a shared interest is always great. Um, so one, so I did actually build or help build. There are many people who built it, um, a community in Seattle. So, uh, geek girl con, they're a comp, they're a conference in Seattle. They've been going on for five years and I'm one of the founders of it. And it was really one of these things where all these women were talking about, Hey, there's really need for like a geeky convention, you know, like comic books to technology. Right. (laughs) Centered around women. Like we go to all these conferences and there's like the one panel, or at least there used to be just the one panel about like women in comic books or whatever. (laughs) 
And so it, the, this com- Geek Girl Cons community and the idea for the conference really just came forth by some people on Twitter talking about a need to have this sort of conference. And someone's like, let's do it in Seattle. And then someone else was like, let's have a meetup here and call it Geek Girl Con. I'll see you on this Saturday. <laughs> and then I go like a group of us, like there were probably like 20 people or so at that first meeting. We just like came to the meeting, didn't know anybody, but we all knew we had this shared interest and this shared need in the community. And we created a conference. That's really awesome. So if anyone's in Seattle, it's still going on. You said yes. Yes. And people come from all over to attend. Fair, fair enough. That's, that's amazing. So yeah, well, we kind of have to wrap up. We're running out of time, but I definitely think one of the highlights of our conversation has been that you, you need to build it around a need for sure. Any kind of community needs to be built around the need and, and not around the brand. Um, I think it's great to have people who like love your brand. Um, you mentioned kind of the haters thing and the benefits of that, that I've seen happen again and again is that your people will defend you. Oh yeah. And you, you can't pay money for that kind of, that kind of loyalty there. You can't buy it. And people will also be more patient with you when you're struggling. Um, so at one point in Maz's history, we relaunched when we launched our search project, our product, it was a mess. There were bugs in it. And oh no. It was just like a disaster from, <laughs> from a, you know, our engineers were running around all the time. And those of us working in the community and our support team were overwhelmed. But because we had such a strong community, um, people were, Still like, I love you, Maz. I know you can fix this. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me, Erica. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're so welcome. And thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.